What would you do if you got scammed? Would you suffer in silence or would you do something about it? Well, I got scammed once and this is the story of what I did. I'm Justin Sales, the host of The Wedding Scammer, a true crime podcast from The Ringer. And for seven episodes, we're hunting a con man, a guy with a lot of aliases, a guy who's ruined a lot of weddings. And with the help of some friends, I just might be able to catch him. Listen to The Wedding Scammer starting October 17th. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Welcome to Jam Session. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. It's an exciting time in TV for us, Amanda. Just for us, really. No one else, really. I'm so pleased to see you and for this episode of Jam Session to finally be here because I can't find anyone else in my life to engage with this topic on the way that I want them to, except for you, <laughs> Juliette. And I, we've been saving, been saving the takes. We both watched the Beckham doc and we both loved it, I believe. I, th- I just absolutely, I have a lot of, <laughs> A lot of thoughts, reactions, feelings, but I genuinely looked forward to every episode and I stayed up until 11 last night finishing it, which wow. as, you, as you know, for me is unprecedented. That's late. Good job. Thank you. Let's do it ringer style. What's your tweet length review? This is incredibly entertaining. One of my favorite genres currently in existence in pop culture is Netflix sports hagiography. Like I honestly yeah. love it. It's such a great well done genre. It's glossy. It fits with the Netflix. I don't feel like I'm being duped. I'm aware of the fact that David Beckham worked with Fisher Stevens to make this doc. And that's fun. Right. Doc in, in quotes. So it's a docu-series called Beckham on Netflix directed by Fisher Stevens. Yes, the same Fisher Stevens who starred or not starred, but played a, a crucial supporting role in the on, in the succession ensemble. Yes. And yes. I just I just want to note that the soundtrack is definitely borrowing some cues from so Succession. Funny. So that I to the point that I Googled like Beckham documentary Nicholas Bertel, who is I the composer too. for Succession. It was not Nicholas Bertel, but the references were there. Anyway, so Fisher Stevens is the director of this four-part documentary, and he seems to have had like a pretty good amount of access to the Beckhams, even if he perhaps didn't have like total final edit, if you will. Agreed. Yes. 
So he is in their homes. He has many sit-downs. I would love to talk about Victoria Beckham's, well, really everything, but especially the clothes. And I just like need a full wardrobe breakdown from someone. I need to know where the gray t-shirt is from. I assume the jeans are her own. I Whatever. But he also, the documentary, in addition to following them around and you get a sense of their house, their, you know, their kids and talking to them. Two homes. I think think we get London home and we get Cotswold home. Yes. You also get like a tremendous number of international soccer players, like a tremendous number. So if you are not a sports or a, a soccer slash football expert, then I think this is like a pretty remarkable documentary about. It's a great crash course. Yeah, David Beckham's career. I think if you are a person who knows anything about David Beckham's career, then you're going to be like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. This is like a Sports Center highlight reel. I'm not sure about that. I've checked in with several sports fans, soccer fans in my life. Okay. And they're they're really into it. Like, they really like it. I think that even though, you know, like in episode two, they talk about how he messed up in the World Cup. I guess I would call it a spoiler. It's like only spoilers for Americans. I think everyone else knows about this, but... Anyway, even the people who remember the 1998 World Cup, even the people who are like plugged into the Premier League really seem to enjoy this. when he messed up, you mean when he got like ejected, when he got red carded? Yeah, the biggest fuck of his life. Yeah. I I knew nothing about that. I didn't know about it either. You know what I realized watching this documentary is that my knowledge of David Beckham until I watched this documentary was as husband, as pop cultural figure, husband of Posh Spice. And then my knowledge of his soccer career was literally contained to the Hugh Grant speech in Love Actually, which is like David Beckham's right foot, David Beckham's left foot. But like... What about Bend it, Bend it Like Beckham, Kira Knightley's breakthrough film? Yeah, I guess, I guess I knew that reference as well. But it's like, that was it. I think the number of times I'd actually like seen him play soccer, like maybe, maybe I'd seen two highlight clips, you Me know, too. like literally yeah, like nothing. He's a celebrity who happens to be an athlete. Exactly. Which is kind of what makes this like the perfect documentary for you and me. Totally. But I have to say the way that they edited his illustrious career was very exciting. You know, <laughs> he's good. He's really good soccer. He's really good. <laughs> they found everyone to remember the matches. Like I didn't, there, there were a number of times also where I thought something was going to go very wrong or he missed the free kick or whatever. And then he made it incredible goal. And you're, and then there's like a great, like oldies music cue. And you're just like, yes, David Beckham did it again. We're going to dig in on Victoria Beckham, formerly known as Victoria Adams or Posh Spice. But sure. Yeah. There was a few Beck's specific celebrity moments that I really enjoyed. And Mm -hmm. I just need to fast forward. I think it's to episode four, maybe three to talk about my favorite reveal of the whole doc. Okay. Which is in this doc, you may recall, he played for the LA galaxy for five seasons and he talks with a giant smile about how, when he came to LA, Tom Cruise and Will Smith threw him a welcome party. (laughs) Thank you so much for bringing this up. This is an episode four. It is astonishing because it's presented as, can you believe these two huge celebrities, one of whom I was already friends with, Tom Cruise, wanted to throw me a party when I got to Los Angeles? And for me, my read on this, and I just want to stress my read, is that Tom Cruise and Will Smith attempted to recruit, recruit David, Beckham David Beckham to Scientology. To Scientology. Yes, and I don't think it works based no, on what I, I know. It was... <laughs> 
incredible that it was just presented as like, they threw me a party. And I absolutely loved it. So Fisher Stevens asked David Beckham, you know, did you have any friends in LA? And he pauses and he's like, well, I was pretty good friends with Tom Cruise because I believe that they were quote unquote neighbors in the UK at some point. And then it cuts to Tom Cruise in the stands with Victoria at various matches. And then it pans out a little and you see who's sitting next to Tom Cruise, which is Tomcat era Katie Holmes with the bob that so is good. like really referencing the posh bob at that time. Is a, a journey through her hairstyles was also like really you can like measure your life in where the hair was <laughs> for both of them, really. Oh my God. I, well, David Beckham's long hair, like half pony on the pitch, so hot. So powerful. So, what a hot, so hot powerful. Man. <laughs> so I would say for me, in terms of Beckham, David Beckham visual nostalgia, episode three was the peak, which Agreed. I would put at Madrid. early 2000s and then Madrid. Yeah. And he had cut the hair off and then it comes back in that pony or sometimes like the double pony, you know, like the half pony into the second pony, which I was like, oh, should I try that myself? It was interesting to, I think it was the Real Madrid travel clothes, like the short sleeve blue Oxford and the navy pants where I was like, oh, should I try that look? He looks like a missionary. Yeah, well, but like a really hot missionary, which is, I guess, maybe, impl- I, I don't really know what's going on with missionaries these days. It was so vivid, but also I hadn't looked at any of those images for 20 years, I guess. And then I was like, oh, wow, like here we are. Really powerful. It was amazing. The celebrity-ness of it all was was so great. There's one thing I really liked about the doc, and this comes up very early, is the tension that he navigated between being really famous, loving being famous, being in the celebrity couple, being early on the endorsement train, but also being an excellent athlete and, and like staying focused. And there was such a big emphasis from, from everyone in the doc, particularly Posh, about needing to make sure David's mind was right. But like there yeah. was always so much noise. And I really liked how much they talked about that tension. And I also like, what a, what a refreshing experience to watch a celebrity who's an athlete talk about like mostly loving the attention. The attention he hated was related not to his celebrity, but because to his red card during the world cup and like that traumatized him and it's terrible not to gloss over that. But so many of these docs are about like, Oh, the attention it really got to me and like, Oh, the media, but like, actually, no, they were quite happy with it. And seeing, seeing some of their photo shoots like that have been posted Do you follow nineties milk on Instagram. No, but I, I will now they've got some great posh and back stuff. Like, they loved it. They lived for it. And I like really enjoyed like seeing them both talk about the highs and the lows. And the lows were different than like what we usually get in this kind of celebrity docu-series. It was just a such a great time. <laughs> Speaking of David's getting David's mind right, you know, and the whatever psychological glimpses you get into him, which I would say are more incidental and and or kind of access granted than interview granted. I think he's very personable in the interviews and clearly he and Fisher Stevens like have a rapport, but he and Victoria are both like on message in their interviews. Yeah. And so the really fun parts that you get are like the, like the viral clip of him, you know, inserting himself into Victoria's interview to be like, no, be honest. Like what car did your dad drive you to school in? Or 
him like getting visibly emotional when remembering, you know, and like honestly not being able to put words to some of the questions, but you like do see him tearing yeah. up. Like and not then, being able to like really verbalize how he felt when he was basically sent away from Manchester United. Yes, yes. Or him even watching like some of the soccer clips and they do a documentary thing where for any of the players, they fill them like head on watching some of the the games and the the old highlights and it is like pretty revealing because you can see them remember it and like the the joy and like the little bit of ego and everything like all wrapped up in one. But then also for me, the organization, the the David Beckham organization tip and going through all of the clothes and the, how the T-shirts are laid out. And someone's been in here with the jeans and the cleaning of the kitchen and grilling a single mushroom. Uh, you know, I it's it was like it was obviously really, all for show, but it it is clear that he is very type A, a fe- uptight, fastidious man. Yeah, yes, exactly. And I thought Which, that was interesting. It, definitely interesting. It's also a real like athlete thing. I I did think that some of the best parts of the doc, like aside from the celebrity stuff, which of course we will, we are not done with, but was that like his. Talent is like preternatural and it's related to being really neat. It's related to be very diligent. It's like being meticulous. Like that's related to being excellent at the game of soccer. And I thought that I actually thought that was like pretty well done. Their homes out of this world. Fucking love. Love. Yes. Absolutely beautiful. Not really what I would expect from them based on the styles we've seen over the last, you know, 25 years. That's true. But I really, it was like way more restrained. The Cotswolds state in particular. Yeah. I mean, it's the Cotswolds, it looks like they're trying to recreate Soho House, but for themselves, or at least what I know of Soho House from images, which I I don't say that negatively, Juliet. I'm like, me too. I own own two chairs from Soho Homes. So I I, I love them. (laughs) I think that it seems great. I guess I should have said Soho Farmhouse. No, that that was not a criticism. That was just an observation. And I guess like a recognition from someone who has also looked at a lot of photos, at least, of Soho Farmhouse. (laughs) Their clothes, like honestly, they look great. And I would like to purchase basically every sweater that David Beckham was wearing. Just like a a number of crew neck sweaters. Very knives out, Chris Evans. Yeah. In in the nicest way. I mean, it's a compliment. But they were great. And then Victoria... I, I mean, she she obviously like has reinvented herself as a like a respected, if not like high fashion, like fashion person. I loved when she joked and she was like, I'm off kids. I'm going to the going fashion, to the fashion factory. factory. That was so funny. I know. And then David was like, where are you really going? Facial. There we go. <laughs> like, it's really it was really very good. But like, you know, her casual look in the gray T-shirt and jeans. the jeans and the Victoria Beckham belt. I assume that was a Victoria yeah. Beckham belt. The workout clothes. I'm like, oh, should I be looking in the, should I be doing like a black? That's the first time I've ever considered a, like a black hoodie for myself. I don't wear a lot of black as you know, but I was like, oh, this is like, this is a nice look for workout gear. And then like, you know, the the pants with the things over the shoes, which is like, of classic her thing. She's just, just never personality. left flare, flares behind. Flares yeah. have always been a part of her life. That's true. Amanda, do yes. you recall the time when I had a soul cycle class with Posh and Bex? Yes. Oh my God. I had forgotten <laughs> about that. But yes, now I do. Wow. <gasps> They're striking in person. First of all, he was so good at it. It was like really hot. Like yeah. his posture was perfect. Like... 
he just like clearly can like move. And then we saw they were like dancing a little bit at the end of the dock. And I was like, yes, that's the man I saw in SoulCycle. Yeah. They are so striking at the time. It was at the Hollywood SoulCycle location, which I'm sure is closed now. Their kids were just like two, I think Cruz and Harper were like waiting for them in the lobby with a nanny. Oh, that's that's not a large lobby. That's where you and I, that's my one soul yes. cycle experience was with you there. Yeah. They were just like waiting outside. They were like very unassuming. She went to the bathroom to like check her makeup before and after. She was wearing a hat. Exactly what I saw in the dock. I was like, this yeah. is actually who they are. I thought some things that were interesting was about the, what was not said. None of Pasha's family at all. Like a lot of Bex's parents and his surrogate father, Sir Alex Ferguson, mm-hmm. No backstory on Posh at all, except for her being in the Spice Girls, which I thought was pretty interesting. And we got one bite from Mel C. And that was right. all for like the sort of Victoria side of things, which I guess makes sense. The fact that it was like a soccer doc. But like, I'm curious, why do you think that is? I I assumed that if it wasn't at least pre-negotiated, that it was pretty intentional of like, we are making a documentary about David, mm-hmm. not about and and that is sort of like articulating the nature of the project and i think is like you know obviously i would love five more documentaries like this and an entire one about posh and then about all the spice girls you know and this includes her to the extent that it is about david's 90s early 2000s like pop cultural phenomenon which she was a part of as posh spice but then you know it keeps its focus on him and i think that is like it's good to have set intentions in any sort of artistic project so like i'm okay with it i'm like okay i know what the boundaries of this are what i like more from her yes do i hope that that happens at some point yes do i think it will no that's the other thing i think that probably her level of participation and she's pretty candid. She's great. She's like Loved very her. on message. But makes you feel like she's being candid and she's like, I yeah. was miserable at this time or Yeah, whatever. it's like very funny and but like very pinpointed. I, and she and she even like acknowledges at one point, like I've been very nervous about all, you know, doing all of these. This has brought up a lot of like feelings for me. And it definitely seems like she has been working through some of this stuff off camera or at least preparing how she wants to talk about it, which I, like I commend her for. But I, I wonder whether she would want to do a whole thing about her mm. because I think it wouldn't be as interesting or have as many, the highs would not be as high. Exactly. Like, I, I like sadly, like a lot of it would probably be about like press ugliness, you know, which mm-hmm. is, and, and then about fashion, which would be exciting. Sure. You know, it's nice when the whole family sits next to Anna Winter at every single show. I did think it was really funny that Anna Winter sat for this documentary, but she did not sit for the Supermodels documentary, which I watched also all four episodes of on Apple. How do you explain that? My understanding, not knowing anything, um, is that Edward Enenfell, who is the outgoing British Vogue Mm -hmm. editor, is very close with Naomi Campbell. Like, they are, like, very good friends. And so he is featured prominently in the doc. And... I don't know whose decision it was or whether this is even true. I'm just speculating that they were like, we're He'll going represent with, Vogue. We're going with Edward and Enfell as our Vogue representation. Got it. So I assume okay. that's it. But I was like, huh. Like they talk about Vogue like a lot in that documentary. And she and Anna is obviously synonymous with Vogue at this point and is not in it. And then she pops up, I think, in episode one yeah. of the Beckhams. Yeah. Early on. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. 
You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This episode is brought to you by Rakuten. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% cash back at hundreds of stores, including headliners, Ulta, Ray-Ban, and Canon. Rakuten is how in-the-know shoppers get the best savings. They shop the brands they love and earn cash back on top of deals during Big Give Week, May 6th to May 13th. The cash back rates are even bigger. I'll be shopping for Adidas and Fenty. You can save on everything you need for summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of Big Give Week's 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Another thing I really liked about this doc that I think makes it a feel-good story, and by the way, I mean, this goes without saying, this is like our total American perspective, and that's fine. (laughs) But one thing I really liked, A, I knew this already, but the Spice Girls really like each other. Like, they are Mm -hmm. still a group of women who enjoy each other. Baby and Scary were on the circle together. They all, David Beckham was wonderful Instagram husband at Jerry's 50th, I think it was last year. Yeah. You know, like, they, they all really like each other, but I also, like, I don't think this is common in sports where like the best guy is really close with his teammates and seeing so many of the Manchester United guys still like love him. And even the Real Madrid guys love him too. You know, the person who probably gets the most screen time is Gary Neville and he's his best friend and former teammate and, you know, like a footballer and commentator in the UK. Like I really loved that these people like each other. Like I, I like watching documentaries where people are like happy to reminisce and that really came through in, in for both like sides of, of the posh and back yeah. equation. It was a lot, but especially on the David side, I was just astonished by the sheer number of soccer or football stars that that sat and that like and it's it's funny how the documentary like Fisher Stevens who directed it and is uh, a known quantity is like pretty present he's on the more more present side of documentarians in their projects which is fine but so they show him traveling like all over the place to find all of these people for a pretty short amount of times I mean you know that's just that's reporting but I was impressed and I was impressed that even like forgive me I can't remember the Argentinian player's name who Diego Simeone Yes, who, who was the the other party in the famed red card incident. And they get him to watch it. You know, they get him to respond to all of it. it it's just, I was like, wow, like everybody pretty much seems willing to participate in this. And I'm sure there are like a lot of people who said no. And I'm sure that there are soccer slash football experts who are reading into who's not in it the way like I'm reading into why isn't Anna Winter in the supermodels doc, you know, sure. but I don't know. I, I was impressed. I was impressed too. I just had like a great time. I also like, it was funny. I was watching with two friends and like, as things would happen, I was like, oh, I remember that. Like it was all like pictures of them or like, I remember when this happened or whatever. And they're just ultra famous. They've been around for so long. I think I kind of like 
forget that they're just like household names. Like they're definitely a celebrity couple that I take for granted. And even the fact that like, like that their kids, Brooklyn in particular is kind of famous for nothing. Like, you know, he's, he's got his stupid cooking videos. He's now married to the daughter of a scion. Like, but like we talk about him as like a celebrity who's kind of like similar to like a Paris Hilton, but he, but like, they're just really, really famous. And I, I liked that how the doc embraced it. I did as well. And I, I liked the sort of, I guess it's not even soft nostalgia, but i I didn't realize like how much I needed, how much there was to be nostalgic about, mm-hmm. you know, cause they still are like somewhat famous. And like, as I think Instagram husband is a great description for like the last 10 years of David Beckham's life, which I do feel like up until this documentary, for the last 10 years, I have been interacting with him like via big, like endearing family clips on like social media, whether it's like Victoria's Instagram or his own. Every single time I have to do like a like the chair dips in like a workout class, I think of David Beckham posting a video of doing tricep dips and being like the triceps are the hardest part, man. Like literally every single time I have to do it. I think about this video of David Beckham just being like, this really hurts, which like it fucking does. So it, but because they are still present for me, but in that way, I was like, oh, right. Like 20 years ago, they were the the most famous people in the world, you know? Yeah, it's, it's really wild to think about. The other thing about Posh is that there's a lot of celebrities who I'm just like, mm, you should speak less. I would like you more. I feel like she's the opposite. I feel like I got to know her in a way I never had before. I really enjoyed her. She was really poised. She had like a sort of a personality that was separate from him, but she also understood the assignment. And yeah. I feel like I wish I had had more access to her as like a speaking being over the last 25 years. Well, that... I think that's a great point. And what was interesting to me when watching and I like remembering everything from like mid nineties to early two thousands was like, I was remembering images and like for a variety of reasons, including the fact that we just didn't have like the internet in the same way. And you couldn't be watching like social media clips all day. It was not tied to like their voices or even their personalities. And kind of what we were getting was the, you know, the media creation, which they obviously played a huge part in. But, you know, it was like, oh, this is what you're really like. And I agree. It was fascinating. And like, they were very endearing. Like she was a lot less bitchy than I was expecting. So yeah. I, I I was like, oh, OK, interesting. Maybe she used to be that. But now as an adult, she's great. Do you believe that they are in love? Yes. Or- I, I, I agree. I was like, oh, these people like each other. Even if they're, even if like they're, you know, however deep into their marriage, like this, the way they joke around with each other and like the way they're dancing together, it just seems like really sweet. They seem to really be like a, a great duo. Yeah. Well, I, I think that the, the fact that they are this long into their marriage and have four kids together and have like clearly just, you know, built a life and a, and a phenomenon together like certainly like informs it in a positive way. I'm just like, oh, these like two people have been through a lot and that kind of turns into its own thing. I also, you know, believe that they were in love at the beginning. I mean, the um, of course, yeah. All of the anecdotes about David Beckham driving like five hours, like all the time to see her. I'm just like, David Beckham, you need to go to sleep so that you can have a soccer game, which is a, which by the way, I would like to talk more about athletes and, and how much they do or don't sleep before sporting events in our, Man in our the next floor segment. is yours. 
Oh, okay. So you just, anyway, Beckham doc. Great. Watch it. Netflix. Uh, we'd love to talk more if you guys want to talk about it. Yeah. Fisher Stevens. We'd love to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We're going to do a Taylor Swift and uh, Taylor Swift, Travis, Kelsey update. It has been two weeks of unrelenting press attention. Juliet Lippman predicted on this podcast before any public announcements that Taylor Swift would be in attendance at the Chiefs-Jets game in the city of New York. In fact, she was with a box full of famous people. And before that Jets game appearance... Travis Kelsey was photographed spending the Saturday night before the game at Taylor Swift's Tribeca apartment and then returning to his New Jersey hotel, the team hotel in the, in the Sunday, not morning. even in the early hours, like, uh, Ele- like broad about daylight. 11 a.m. Yeah. I would say. Right. I, I, this is not specific to Travis though. It is, you know, I it applies. It applies. And uh, this is in no way a reflection on Taylor. Taylor is a grown woman with her own business and responsibilities, and she can do whatever she wants. But in general, I do feel that professional athletes who are paying, being paid millions of dollars to compete on the field should probably like be taking their night's sleep a little more seriously. That's what I have to say. I just, I'm kind of like, what is your game day prep? And shouldn't it involve going to bed? Because here's what we know. She went out to dinner with a group. She went with Brittany Mahomes, Sophie Turner, Blake Lively, and others. He did his own thing. And then he went over to her house late. And we really only know he slept over because we saw him leaving in the Land Rover the next morning. Right. And so there's no way that they met up like wait, like it, I'm gonna put it in like the eleven to twelve hour. Right. Yeah. So again, and at I guess, the earliest. So and and my notes also apply to him just like being out partying in New York City on a Saturday night, even before he meets up with Taylor. Where I'm just like, can't you go out on Sunday night after the game? I understand that the Saturday night energy in New York and the Sunday night energy are like slightly different. And also it was an evening game. I don't know. Stay on my l- listen. You're, you can have a different schedule, schedule than the rest of us. I also want to note that I'm sure that Taylor Swift's apartment is nicer than his team hotel in New Jersey. Definitely. 100%. Yeah, and maybe you want to be comfortable. And, like, I I don't know what happened that <laughs> night. I, I, I honestly don't know. Maybe he went right to sleep. I That could be. I just... I just want to note, if I were Taylor Swift and I met up with Travis Kelsey after our respective individual plans on Saturday evening... And we went back to my apartment and he went straight to sleep. That would be the end of our relationship. Well, whatever whatever it is, whatever the relationship, not to say they were dating, but whatever was going on, that would be it. I would be like, fuck you. (laughs) That's a great segue to the most recent week's events, which are after her Sunday night appearance in front of the cameras at the MetLife Stadium with Blake Lively and Hugh Jackman and Anthony. yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Sophie yeah. Turner. Don't forget. Oh, She's Sophie the, Turner. Oh, right. Pl- plus also, one of the month. So I I want to add, as best we understand it, Sophie Turner is, it was not like a weird sleepover. I think she's in fact like staying in one of Taylor Swift's homes in New York while she resolves custody stuff. And I, I think I saw this morning. It's been partially resolved. That it's been partially resolved. So she I'm can back travel to be, with her kids. I'm back to being like, that's a, that's a cool 
that's a cool thing. And I apologize for, you know, trusting the, the media, hateful media reports. Anyway, after the party at the Jets game on Sunday night, it, there has been no more Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey together content. Uh, she did not go to the most recent Chiefs game. And also Donna Kelsey, mother of, has uh, been making the media rounds. Donna rules. I Here's where I am in all this is I'm team Donna. And she was on the Today Show, I believe. I believe so. Um, I think it was, yeah, she was with Hoda. Yeah, yeah, Today Show. Hoda and Jenna, I think. And was asked about her Taylor Swift experience. And do you want to share? I would say the gist of it was, it was sort of rambling. She was not quite sure how to respond. It was about right. four, 45 second response. And then it ended with, it was fine. was basically <laughs> what she said. Would you say that's a correct summation, Amanda? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Which I think is probably informed by she is aware of not wanting to say too much. And, you know, it's just feeling the pressure of media attention and not knowing what she can and can't say. And also just being like this, like, whatever. It also, but if you watch the clip and you can find it uh, on Instagram pretty readily, doesn't make it seem like she likes Taylor Swift. And now I'm not saying she doesn't. It's just, it seems like she has Taylor and Travis fatigue and she may have Taylor fatigue. And she's just sort of like, I don't feel like talking about this, but I just want to say she's probably under strict orders to not say shit. So So I got it. I feel like Travis has also been trying to like shut it down now too, because it's just, I can't imagine the chiefs are liking this. I mean, after the Sunday night football game, I sort of was like enough let's, let's move on, get back to regular scheduled programming and everyone continue dating. And I I think most people feel that way. I will say that I've really enjoyed page six's round the clock coverage of Travis Kelsey celebrating his birthday without Taylor Swift and their, and their deep well of Taylor Swift lyric uh, headline puns you know when they got it they got it at page six often they do not (laughs) got it but in this one case they got it it's a bit it's a it's a fun moment i'll remember it fondly and i'm now ready to move on yes there we go one more note which is also a good segue i would just point out that taylor swift's concert movie is coming out this friday yes i I purchased tickets i mean so did i but i am just like promotionally, we've done the cycle for that. Yeah. So I'm curious to see, I'm curious to see how things progress. Also, as, as discussed previously, film comes out this weekend. And then a few days later, she's back on tour. She's going to be in Miami. Yeah, so we'll so see. she's busy. He's busy scheduling. Who knows? I just, it's a win for Donna. She won't have more information that she can't divulge based right. on her personal experience. So, <laughs> all right. Next, Amanda, I believe you wanted to discuss. I just wanted to, yeah, point a burgeoning out, relationship. Well, and also that you know there are some films coming out. I so Gigi Hadid and Bradley Cooper were photographed together twice, I believe, this weekend. Twice, yeah. Maybe they took a weekend trip. I don't know. And I just like to note that Maestro Bradley Cooper is a new film. It's coming out in December. I wish everyone the best. Bradley Cooper, who also just happened to show up on vacation right around the time of his film premiered at the Venice Film Festival. Yeah, exactly. Gigi Hadid pivoting to the middle-aged man, and I support it. Good idea, Gigi. Yeah. I like yeah. it. What's going on with Bradley Cooper's hair? This has got a buzz cut going, or like a what? I've only seen him in a hat, but it looks like his hair. It is does. It does gone. seem like he got something of a buzz cut, which you know, after watching the David Beckham I, sure documentary, I support. You know, sometimes you're going through stuff, or you're not, or you need to make a change. You know, good for you. One final note for today's episode: it's yeah. a recommendation. One of our favorite shows has come 
to HBO Max for Max for the third time. Mm-hmm. Starstruck season three. It's available, people. And it's a delightful show. I haven't finished the season yet, though, Amanda. Don't spoil it. I will not spoil it. I I have finished it for once in my life. I have seen an entire television show before you. Uh, Congrats. And, and I thought it was really wonderful. And Rose Matafeo is the creator, the writer, the star, the director. She's wonderful. She's great. Just A plus. Seek out Starstruck if you haven't seen it. Three C. I mean, can you imagine being able to start Starstruck from the beginning again? What a gift. Or for the first time, you know? I know. know. It's such a great show. It's like the platonic ideal of content for me. Like, I want like a a never-ending bucket of shows with the feel of Starstruck that also make me feel the way I do when I watch it. It's so good. It's just a great show. I love Nikesh Patel. He's so adorable and like just a total babe. I think the supporting cast is excellent. Really funny. It's just a great show. It's on a max, everybody. Please watch it. I mean, I, I... I'm always surprised when like people haven't seen it who I think will love it. And I feel yeah. like that's, I feel like it's, it's the perfect jam session show. I agree. So please watch it. There we go. All right, everybody. I hope you have a great week. We'll have more on Taylor and Travis next week, I assume. And please, Fisher Stevens, call us. <laughs> 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 <laughs>